The gospel reading you just heard comes from the last chapter in the Gospel of John, the longest gospel of the four and one of the longest chapters in John. So I won't try to cover everything that was in this morning's reading, so if there's something that is sticking out to you, please feel free to ask me about it after church. There are just three pieces that I'll focus on. The first is the apostles going fishing after the resurrection of Jesus. This story takes place, we aren't sure exactly how long after Easter, after the resurrection of Jesus, but we presume that it was sometime, a week, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. And so for maybe centuries, certainly in the last 200 years or so of biblical commentaries, there's been a huge discussion about why were the apostles fishing? Why were they doing that after seeing the resurrected Jesus? There are some that say that the apostles were still struggling with their grief and were getting back to doing something normal, something they knew well, something that was relaxing to help deal with that. But I have to admit, I always found that to sort of ring hollow because after all, they had seen uh, most of them twice at least, the resurrected Jesus. And, and certainly there was some uh, grief and perhaps maybe even trauma is a better word to use after watching him be crucified, even though now he was resurrected. So I'm sure they were still dealing with stuff. But I don't think that explains fully why they were fishing. I think there's something else happening here that doesn't get talked about a lot, so I fully admit I could be wrong and Part of the fun of being an Episcopalian is you get to and have to decide for yourself what any given scripture means. So with this one, with this instance, I think this was a fundraising trip. I think that the apostles now had a sense, somewhat explicit from the words of Jesus, that they were being sent out into the rest of the world to do what we now call evangelism, to share the good news of the resurrected Christ. And they needed some resources to do that. And so they went back to the skill set they had of fishing and were able to fill the coffers to be able to buy what they need for their missionary journeys. No one's ever written that down, so maybe someone who knows Greek better than I and all would just say, eh, not even close. I admit that. But... It works for the sermon, so I'm sticking with it. So they have this marvelous catch after they fail, like a lot of fundraisers. <laughs> Things don't go well. They fish all night. Nothing happens. And then Jesus shouts from the shore to try putting the net over the right side of the boat, and they have what we now call the miraculous catch of fish, 153 large fish, to be exact, as John tells us. And they now are equipped. They now have the resources they need to go share the love of God. But they need something else. As we have learned through the centuries, they also need to be spiritually prepared. And so Jesus is making them breakfast. But it's not just any breakfast. In the Gospel of John, the Holy Eucharist, the bread and wine that we celebrate each Sunday here, is not symbolized by bread and wine, but rather by bread and fish. 
And so when the apostles return to the shore and see Jesus preparing already fish and bread for them, we know that this is actually a Holy Eucharist. This is actually sharing a sacramental meal so that the apostles are being prepared spiritually for the work that Jesus is about to give them, of sending them out into the rest of the world. This isn't just a wonderful breakfast on the shore. It's not just a great picnic. But instead, it really is supposed to be recharging the apostles so that they can go out and share the love of God with the whole wide world. And that's why we receive the Eucharist every week, so that we can be recharged and healed of our traumas and be prepared to go out into the rest of the world to share the love of God. But then there's this in-between piece of Peter jumping into the boat, boat fully clothed. We have this sort of comical scene of Jesus, I'm sorry, of P Peter who had been fishing and the tradition back then, as in many places today, is take off your good stuff if you're going fishing because you're going to smell bad afterwards and then get dressed when you get back to shore. There wasn't a tradition of fishing, get dressed, and jump into the water. That was not how it was done. Instead, Peter does it that way. He does it in a unique way, as Peter often does in any of the Gospels. He often does sort of the, the zany, crazy thing. But I think there's something there too for us. A simple image that Peter and the apostles now have on the side of their boat a net full of fish. They have their savings account filled. They now are fully resourced. They can see on the shore that there's the Eucharist that they're about to enjoy, that they're about to be recharged by. And so what's left to do is the leap of faith. And I think what we have here is Peter, fully prepared, leaping into the water, doing the absolutely crazy, crazy thing. And I think that's very purposefully put there for us so that we know that we don't need 14 committee meetings to plan out how to share the love of God, that we don't need a master plan either for ourselves as individuals or for the church as a whole to figure out how to best spread the gospel. Sometimes that can help. But rather, we have to just take the leap that it may be as simple as talking to someone who no one else speaks to at work or at school or wherever it is we may hang out the most. It may be much more complicated of getting involved in an activity that makes the world a better place that everyone else thinks is an absolutely nutty activity. That may be our leap into the water fully clothed. I can't tell you what it is because one of the great things about being a Christian is that God gives each of us an individual call. Each one of us has a way of being a Christian that God dreams will fulfill. And so I can't tell you what God's dream for you is. Hopefully, 
you get a sense of what that is by being part of a church community, by receiving the Eucharist, by whatever spiritual things work for you. But what this gospel story reminds us of is that when we have all the resources we need, when we spiritually have our act together, we still have to leave. There are no sure things in Christian ministry. There are no sure things in sharing the love that God has for the whole wide world. Instead, it's risk after risk after risk. It's looking silly and stupid. It's jumping into the water with our Sunday best on. It's doing things that the rest of the world thinks is absolutely nuts. And that's what we have to be prepared to do. It's not so much figuring out what we're going to do, but rather more a willingness to leap into the unknown, to do what we can't imagine ourselves doing, to do we don't know what. And that's difficult. We as humans are fully equipped with an ability to imagine the future. That's one of the marvels of our brain that God has given us. And in this instance, we're asked to set aside that gift and that ability and instead be willing to simply accept what happens next once our feet touch the water. There's one story of Peter walking a few steps in another occurrence before the resurrection, walking a few steps in the water, and then he realizes what's going on and is so startled that he sinks. We are called to take steps, perhaps. Maybe we're called to sink a little bit and swim 100 yards to shore like Peter did in this morning's story. We don't know. It'd probably be easier to be a Christian. It would probably be easier to live a life if we knew what each day was going to bring. If we could set out our calendars for the next 12 months and say this will happen this day and that will happen that day and then the whole wide world will know that God loves everyone. It doesn't work that way. There's a whole lot of human free will floating about that makes the world chaotic, that makes human interactions unpredictable, that makes God having to constantly work with what's happening in the here and now, because even God doesn't know what any given human is going to decide to do. That's free will. And that's why God needs lots of leapers. God needs lots of people who are willing to simply step out in faith, to see what the world's going to bring to them that day and respond faithfully and lovingly to whatever it is. It's a lot more complicated than simply saying, well, fulfill the Ten Commandments and say the Lord's Prayer and go to church on Sunday and then you're living the best life possible. That would be a good life, without a doubt. But the advanced course, the more difficult way, and what God really needs us to do is to be willing to step out into the chilly water and not know how God's going to need us to act tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. We just don't know. We don't know what the news is going to tell us about what's happening well beyond our immediate circle. 
We don't know what the text or the phone call or the email is going to tell us about what's happening with our closer family and friends and colleagues. We don't know. And so in some ways, our daily prayer needs to be, God, help me take that step into the water. Help me get fully dressed, as Peter did, and make the leap, not knowing how far I'm going to sink, not knowing how far I'll have to swim, not knowing what's going to happen next. And if enough humans are willing to do that, then the love of God can be more deeply and thoroughly shared with a lot more of the world. It's that simple and yet hugely challenging equation of letting go and letting God, of taking the leap and seeing where that makes us end up and who, therefore, we're able to love in the name of Christ. But if we ever have fear of doing that, we still have the rest of the story. If we're hungry, there are 153 fish we can eat. If we need spiritual sustenance, Christ is providing the Eucharist and other forms of spiritual refreshing whenever it's needed. We know that we have an abundance of love from God for each one of us and for all of us. And so while it is a leap of faith and sometimes a leap of fear, it hopefully is not a fear that paralyzes us. But instead, we can take that step. Put on our Sunday best and jump into the water and see who it is God is giving us to love. See how God is inviting us to change the world. See how it is that God wants us to live lives of resurrection and hope and healing, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of all of creation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.